It's here, the first episode of the seventh series of the Inspiring Women in CX podcast, a series usually dedicated to real talk conversations between women in customer experience. This series will also be putting some of our awesome allies in the hot seat too. No longer rehashing the same old conversations. In this series, you can expect us to challenge the status quo on CX topics, provocative discourse, and of course, plenty of healthy debate. I'll be your host, Clive Musket, and in today's episode, I'll be talking to one of our more audacious community members from the UK, an independent customer and employee experience consultant, and the first UK Goldman emotional intelligence coach. She blends EI with CX and EX to help her clients achieve better results. She believes that when we know how the brain works, we're more likely to create stronger emotional connections between customers, employees, and colleagues too. A TEDx speaker, contributing author, trainer, and facilitator, let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest, CX sister, Sandra Thompson. Hi, Sandra. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. How are you? (laughs) Do you know what? I'm smashing Oh, that feels good to say it, doesn't it? We're good. We're good. <laughs> it's been an amazing week. And I've started reflecting on the year and just thinking, wow, what an incredible journey again. Uh, uh, honestly. Yeah. But welcome to Women in CX podcast. Thank you. <laughs> and welcome to everybody who's listening along as well. Um, so on that note of reflection, I'm um, Thought we could start maybe by sharing with the audience a little bit more about why you joined Women in CX and how it's going. (laughs) Do you know what? I just recall having conversations with you, excited conversations with you about this thing that you were doing. And it seemed so obvious, but also so necessary and the right time. I really have to stop in my tracks to remember that I work on my own. I work very often with males. I am, I think I am a feminist and I'm definitely out there for the underdog. And so when you presented the opportunity and you you invited me to do a webinar on emotional intelligence, it was just like, you could, I don't think you even finished the sentence. I was like, yes, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, so I remember being in there in the early days and just thinking this is going to be amazing yeah and how do you feel it's it's gone if that was your expectation <laughs> I I honestly don't know how you do it you and your team and the energy the innovation the passion the grit, the determination, the resilience, and loads of other words that won't come to me immediately. I don't know how you do it. You know, the first conference, despite all of the things that could have set us back, train strikes and this and that and the other, and it was a massive success. And look at what just happened last October. The quality of the content that's available, the fact that you demonstrate, I mean, it I suppose this is a bit kind of like, well, you'd, you'd hope so, really. But you listen to feedback and you respond to it. So I, I can't believe it's only been going for a, like, what's it, nearly three years? Mm-hmm. It, it just feels like it's existed forever, which is a good thing. And I think that friendships and opportunities and the relevance of the conversation you know it's only when I think about 
some of the things that have happened in my career and to reframe them of actually that was wrong and I survived it but it was wrong at the time as a woman in business and to hear other people overcome their challenges and still succeed it's just incredible Claire and what kind of challenges would would you say were examples of that so I remember joining I remember I remember working in uh, one particular role and a trustee of another organization reaching out to me and saying you know we really would like you to come and join this other organization um, and I dictated my terms and they seemed to snap me up which was a bit like okay <laughs> this seems a bit too good to be true what's happening here um, and I was the only woman on a middle-class, middle-aged male board. All white as well, probably? Uh, majority white, majority, majority white. white. There was one uh, gentleman, I think, who had come from Sri Lanka. And if I play back now to the Wix community, some of the language that was used, some of the allegations that were made, some of the challenges and barriers that were put in my way to do my job they would be shocked that I tolerated that and I left in the end but there were things like so I was uh, I was the marketing director and in charge of sales and there were all sorts of comments like yeah you know you'll be able to do such and such because you'll just chat them up you know all this type yeah. of banter that you kind of smile and you 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 kind of well I didn't there wasn't a full smile but there was a kind of tolerant mm. you're an idiot but I'm just going to get on with doing my work because I am utterly brilliant and you can stick <laughs> it because I'm going to show you and I return great numbers for them but there was always that undertone of sexism and mm. probably a bit of narcissistic behavior mm. um and I left uh, and left them to it and went on to something much, much better for me. Mm. But I did tolerate that for about a year, mm. a year too long. But again, it taught me a bunch of stuff around how to set out expectations at the start. So it's no big surprise when I challenge this one particular gentleman and mm. say, it's not okay for you to speak mm. to me that way. I am probably 15 to 17 years your junior but mm. I am very well experienced I'm a thoroughbred in comparison to what <laughs> you are although I wouldn't say that bit and and just do, just give me a bit of respect please the mm. trustees brought me in to do a job they've recognized that something needs to be shaken up here mm. let's just get on with it for the sake of the business mm. Mm. yeah and I, I think that's a good point isn't it is that like things have changed in terms of how much women will tolerate that kind of behavior but it still is happening all over the place it, isn't it and we hear those is. stories all the time in the community but now um I think we are feeling more self-empowered to say that's not okay and that's right do something about it so yeah, yeah i agree with you well thank you for that little trip down memory lane oh. and now for a quick word from one of our sponsors we are proud to be supported by kantar the world's leading evidence-based insight and consulting company kantar cx helps clients define customer and employee experience strategies 
better understand their customers via measurement and in turn improve business outcomes, driving true commercial ROI. To find out more about Kantar CX practice, please visit the sponsor links on the homepage of womenincx.community. Now back to the episode. Um, so we were just talking about conference. You know, if you did the first conference with us, you came again the second conference. So I was thinking about like your reflections on the day and particularly your reflections on the workshop that you run. Um, I'd love you to tell the audience a little bit more about what was going on in there, <laughs> in that room. <laughs> Do you know... I get invited to school reunions and I avoid them like the plague. But when I went to the second conference, I I was honestly and legitimately really excited for seeing a bunch of people who I either follow on LinkedIn, who I may have met in a number of years before. And the greeting with one another was genuine. It was a real hugs and a genuine interest you don't see that type of behavior displayed at other gatherings of any profession. I haven't seen it. You see formal professional exchanges. You don't see warmth and support. So I think for me, I was just hugely excited to know that I would be seeing X, Y, and Z people. And also to know that there'd be a bunch of new people who I'd never met, who I'd really want to talk to, to understand them a bit more. The agenda, again, was outstanding. The day passes by a bit too quickly. It's a bit like, you you know, you've planned a massive party and before you know it, everyone's going home. It's one of those. Um, for For the workshop, Oh dear. So last year's workshop was the CX game, which um, which I'm a facilitator of. It's not my product. Um, I'm a facilitator of it. And everyone is sitting around the table. They're in four teams. And it's basically just chaos because you're asking questions. People are sharing their knowledge. There's Play-Doh, there's Lego, there's Hooters, you know, there's all sorts of stuff going on. And people are having beefy conversations with one another and exchanging ideas but it's fun so people are learning stuff without perhaps really realizing what's going on and I just experiential well that's it it's it's exactly that and the and I think the last time I ran it this is the first one now word had got round and all of a sudden there were 30 people there's only meant to be 12 there was like I don't know not 28 people and I was just like oh okay let's just oh yeah because because yeah, because we'd like we'd made sure that there were uh, that the right number of people, but then everyone had heard like the noise that was coming out of that room, and then some people <laughs> just decided I'm not going to go to my workshop. I'm going to go in that room instead. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry to the other workshop leaders, but it it was it was a really good laugh. Um, but but this year, I wanted to try something different, so I went down the um, employee experience route. And you know what, Claire, I designed something within an inch of its life. And then a week before I ripped it up and started again, because I just thought, this isn't funny enough. This isn't funny enough. So I ordered some disposable white coats to pretend that we were in a lab. And it became um, it became a a series of five exercises um, that included some highly sensory is the best way to describe it experiences we had conversations about five different steps of the employee journey um, and people took things back that they 
afterwards were messaging me on LinkedIn to say, I tried that with my team and it really worked. Or someone said, could you give me another academic reference to this? Because I'm about to do this with my team. So it felt good to have a bit of a laugh. It felt great that people were using the stuff I was talking about. But yeah, it was employee experience. So watch this space for next year. Who knows yeah. if I'm allowed to do one? Of course, you're already booked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to say, like, what uh, can you give like one example of like one of the activities that people have gone back and done with their team? And and, and yeah, I need to know this jelly bean one. Everyone was talking about jelly beans, like. <laughs> Was it that one? <laughs> um, it, it, it isn't that. It, we, I'll come back to that in just a second. So there was one section where we talked about um, your future plan. So your next plan for six months to 12 months to 18 months. And the idea is that you work through a number of steps to come out with a plan of things you need to do to make progress. That's really the essence of the whole thing. But you start off with a scenario, which is imagine you're at a networking event, you bump into someone you admire and you choose what you're going to tell them about what you're doing. So already you're splitting out those things you're proud of, those things you don't really want to talk about and those things you avoid like the plague, which is a signal for those things you have good energy for, those things that take a lot of effort and things you just hate completely. And so what you've got basically is a template where you answer a series of questions and at the end of it, you've got something you can do, whether it's a small thing or a large one, one thing to do every month to get you to where a good place is, where good energy is. And there are a couple of people who actually use that with their, mm. them. They did it themselves and then they got their team to do it. And it mm. seemed to bring about new conversations. It addressed some of the, the lack or the opportunity with individuals. So totally different insight to your normal one-to-one mm. -one or your normal appraisal because it's going deeper into... I wouldn't say it's going deeper into your psyche, but I would say that it's it's asking you difficult questions, but in quite a gentle way. And it's mm -hmm. asking you really to hold the mirror up with no judgment. You can do it yourself and you choose what you share <laughs> on the point of the jelly beans. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, um, so you've got jelly beans and then you've got bean boozled, which is basically you get two beans of the same color one is very nasty and one is very tasty but it's a bit like roulette and so one of the exercises in the workshops that I do is to do okay now pick five and then eat them please go and get a glass of water and please get a napkin <laughs> because uh because we have people going eh, you know disgusting or mm, that's quite tasty and the point of that is psychological safety Right. You don't know what you're going to get when you meet your colleagues or you're working with your boss, but it is absolutely an emotional reaction to whatever you're presented with. So it's trying to make things more visceral, more emotionally responsive to your whole body to make the point about how you show up has an impact on others. But it's hilarious because I've never eaten them. I'm <laughs> like, oh, I hope it's all right. I oh, know it's not going to be. It's hilarious. What kind of, so this is bean boozled, yeah? 
Yeah, bean boozled. Um, so you got dishwater or uh, toothpaste or liver oh. and onions, oh. or you've got bogies, oh. or you've got or you've got sick. Oh, <laughs> I think they call it bath. I oh. mean, come on. I I ran a workshop this week and I needed the participants to keep it at a high level, and I I said if you don't keep it to high level someone's gonna get one of these beans <laughs> the bath and bean <laughs> the bath bean and they're like oh can we okay we won't do that and they were kind of late coming back so I was out there in the my, the main lunch area shaking this particular box of these horrible beans and they're like all right we're coming it's hilarious and, and what what's bean boozled got to do with customer experience so you said so, about like your personally like emotional reactions to what you're presented with what's that got to do with it so when we have our so we have an expectation that sweets will be nice yeah and it might be nice or it might be absolutely disgusting and look the same on the outside that's exactly that's exactly (laughs) it so you take a leap of faith that you're going to eat this thing and it's going to be fine and it turns out to be utterly repulsive and so you want to get rid of it as quickly as you can, if you can, which is why you drink the water, or you spit it out. And that's how significant bad customer experience and appalling employee experience is. You're never going to forget it because mm. I've got people who experienced this intervention six months ago and they're still messaging me. I cannot get that taste of liver and onions out of my mouth. It's just it's, it's there. It's a constant reminder. <laughs> like, well. There we go then. Make sure experiences are good. That's so funny. Like, um, <laughs> I, uh, this, my brain was just thinking about examples of something a little bit similar where now I have an aversion for anything to do with customer query portals because I've had such terrible experience with um, one um, supplier. It's actually, uh, you know, like when you pay ground rent when you live on an estate that's managed and the gardening yeah. sun and stuff yeah and it's just so horrific and if I encounter like any kind of front-end customer service it's like a query raising portal mm-hmm. I just like I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be that bad taste in my mouth straight away because it looks the same <laughs> but I haven't been burnt um will in, it be the bogey will it, will be, it be the bogey, bogey or the sick or, oh. or will it be the dishwater who knows yeah. stinky yeah. socks stinky socks oh god that, that <laughs> that's rotten egg I could be here oh. all week Oh my god, they're that bad. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. I was laughing the whole time. It's really very unprofessional. And you've and you haven't eaten them yourself either. One hundred percent. Why would I set myself up, Claire? For goodness sake. Not gonna be boozy yourself. Um so, so I'd obviously seen you like talking a lot about being boozled and obviously heard the feedback. I didn't know that that was being boozled, but um that's mm. good to make that connection. Obviously yeah. saw a lot of people talking about your workshop in LinkedIn um and the beans. But you've also been talking about the rider and the elephant. I saw some posts with that picture in the background. I think you maybe you were doing a keynote speech somewhere. What's yeah. that about? So this is actually a theory. It's a metaphor that was written by a gentleman called Jonathan um, Jonathan Haidt. He is an American psychologist and he wrote a book called The Happiness Hypothesis. And he creates this metaphor of the elephant, six, and, six ton, and the rider, a few hundred, well, a hundred pound or whatever they weigh. And he talks about how the 
unconscious or less conscious mm. mind is the elephant mm -hmm. and the conscious mind is the rider and if people can visualize that as the brain then they can understand why they make irrational mm -hmm. emotional decisions because in order for you to move the elephant that's going to take you know it's going to go whether it when it wants to mm -hmm. and the rider isn't really in control because mm -hmm. unless you are able to motivate the elephant it's not going anywhere unless you get things out of the elephant's way the rider is going to struggle to get the elephant to make progress it's the reason why when we write like lists of pros and cons and the cons list is as long as your arm but we do that thing anyway and then we post rationalize it that's the elephant in play and so the happiness hypothesis is a phenomenal book jonathan Haidt. And that visualization of the elephant and the rider, I think, helps people understand that if they design something in inverted commas logical, unless it's elephant proof, it ain't going nowhere, mate. Mm. It's very powerful. Mm. Mm. That makes me think about um, my connection with my horse Buster, who you know very well, yes. as a horse rider. And um, I've definitely kind of seeing that metaphor in action so with the reality of riding a horse that has its own mind that mm. spooks at things yeah. and you can't always control it if they react mm. faster than you can i don't yeah. know like um it, it, buster is like stupid things like a squirrel <laughs> like will absolutely petrify him but you could walk past a huge lorry and he'll be fine like so Random, uh, yeah. yeah but like being able to like control my own anxiety when my horse is experiencing anxiety mm. um I'm, I'm 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 figuring out actually and like, the way i'm feeling really affects mm. him and That's having it. to be that rider of the well horse in this case yeah <laughs> um it you have to be like in control of your own emotions to do that um but also like the reactionary nature of the horse he doesn't know any better does he they're like flight no. or fright programmed mm. but honestly like i see so much of myself in him like yeah. <laughs> his like sudden reactions and especially like at the moment he's like um only goes out every other day because the winter fields the weather's really bad they don't want to ruin the grazing and they closed them for two weeks recently so he's been really stressed like standing inside his stable most of the day I take him out a couple of times a day and then his reactions are even worse because he's not getting to you know go yeah. and be a normal horse and go and graze and things and I'm like yeah. oh my god that's just like me if yes. I've not been taking care of myself and um doing the things that I know are good for me like exercising or going for walks being in nature and the same like my reactions go so much faster as well mm. um but what's all that got to do with customer experience <laughs> well, it, it, well it's, it's just a it's a reminder isn't it that we are complicated wonderful incredible creatures and we're driven by the experiences we've had the memories of the experience the meaning we attach to stuff and, and we've really got to consider that it's not I suppose my message really is please think about the illogical and 
how we're wired because you're far more able to connect to people if you don't put them in a straitjacket. I mean, that's that's the bottom line, really. You've got to think about giving people choice, but not too much. And just be aware that we're incredible people. We've just got to be managed in a way that comes back to autonomy, purpose and mastery. You know, Daniel Pink talks about it. Think of those three things, check out his book Drive and you won't go wrong. Yeah, and that was one of the key messages from Women in CX Conference, wasn't it? That we're becoming the movement for human-centered business. And there's so Mm. much talk of technology, artificial intelligence, automation, but without that kind of solid human understanding and Mm. the desire to respond to human needs and problems all of that stuff is never going to be as effective is it sorry to interrupt your listening but i just wanted to take a moment to tell you a little bit more about wix we're the world's first online membership community for women in customer experience our mission is clear and that's to unleash the power of women to lead the future of human-centered business working in cx can feel lonely at times we're often single-handedly trying to change the way organizations think and behave about customers On our paid platform, you can discover a vibrant tribe of fellow female professionals, find support from knowledgeable peers, learn best practices from experts and practitioners, and be inspired to up your game through leading edge CX and EX thinking. If you feel like you aren't making enough progress with your CX objectives, are unsure about what your next move looks like, or are struggling to achieve your career ambitions, you're not alone. To learn more about membership, see how women are progressing personally and professionally with the support of the number one community in CX, you can apply to join us today by visiting www.womenincx.community forward slash membership. I really hope I get to see you there soon. So what do you think of the current state of CX, like where we are right now? I know we talked about a lot of the themes at the conference, but what are your thoughts on it? It feels like there could be, I think next year, I think there could be far more emphasis on community mm-hmm. than vendor. And what do I mean by that? Vendors, of course, still have a role to play because they enable CX. But something was mentioned to me last week, which really stopped me in my tracks. And I hadn't thought of it before. There was a suggestion made last week when I was over in the States that vendors have described and articulated what customer experience is for the purposes of selling their their technology to selling Mm -hmm. their technology and now is the time for people who have worked in this space to now take the lead and to re-articulate what that thing is and that really blew my mind because if you think about it it might potentially encourage organizations to stop thinking tech first they'll be thinking about what cx is and how it is both human and technology Mm -hmm. and it's also around you know many of us are long in the tooth in this cx space so we've got as long in the tooth as we can be but there are people you know the people that i met last week especially who've been around in this space for 20 odd years They know what works and what doesn't. And of course, tech does have its space. But I think that it's time now more 
important than ever for the human to be first and the technology to support the human and not the other way around. I don't really know how else to articulate it. And I'm not sure if I've got my point across here, but I do think that there, I, I, I'm hoping it will be, and this is my wish, it will happen next year where different conversations will happen and vendors perhaps might consider a different position for themselves. That's what I think I might be hoping for. I don't know if that is what will happen, but that's what I think I hope for. That's interesting. Um, I think my spin on it would be that a lot of experiences become the outcome of technology decisions. Mm. And yeah, that's become more noticeable in outcome metrics so like the re most recent UK CSIs is saying you know it's going backwards yeah um it's like 56 percent of people would rather still talk to a human rather than yes. go through digital processes not because they don't want to use digital or digital couldn't be amazing but what we're seeing is bad digital experiences replacing yeah. human contact but yeah. not in a way that serves the needs of the people using them so like like channel switch we want to reduce costs so therefore here's all these solutions we can do to do that but mm. they haven't been designed to meet the need to needs or even queries sometimes mm. of customers um mm. or agents even on the flip side yeah um and I suppose it's no coincidence that CX tech is set to become a 38 billion dollar industry in the next couple of years and the majority of investment in CX is going into technology mm. enablement rather mm. than maybe necessarily like resource into research and design and, you know, being able to guide the roadmaps for the technologies that are implemented. So I guess that would mm. be, um, I'm not too sure like um, whether say like tech vendors or particularly tech vendors of measurement are going to be helping organizations to focus more on the action that comes from mm. insight and data or um the architecture of the solution whether it's um, ai's you know better chatbots because of generative ai mm -hmm. but my one thing i've been talking about well probably for the last three or four years and will continue to talk about is just that gap in the middle of understanding yeah the needs of the user or the customer or the, the humans in this, mm. the problems that they're trying to solve. Yeah. Being super clear about that and delivering technology solutions to meet their needs, which will also deliver that business benefit you're looking for. But That's in isolation, it. just going for the cost saving, it can, it can, it can be both. You can do both, understand mm. the people, deliver something better, get an even greater return. Yeah. But just that like time and investment in, human understanding research and design yeah i think maximize any investment that's made in technology and you've hit the nail on the head if i think about a timeline i'm thinking that you know vendors have gone along and they've been selling this stuff and that's all good and it's made improvements it or it's created metrics that have sometimes improved sometimes not necessarily created the transformation necessary i'm hoping that as you've just articulated vendors will do the very thing that cx when it's done well is they will have the conversation with the cx pros to understand how the next phase of tech will mm. fit with rather than rather than the organization fitting with the technology 
it's how the organization will have its needs met through the technology so it's I suppose it's reversing the relationship and the agenda not being set by the tech but by the community but the interesting thing is because obviously I work a lot with vendors I'm very grateful Mm. that I get to work with them but a lot of the clients in this mix aren't to do with customer experience they're often Mm. like data analysts or or technology teams Mm -hmm. so I don't think the CX people on the business side are necessarily close enough to helping to guide that process or that decision making Mm -hmm. um, because of the the main the main benefit of technology is data and analytics right so yeah a lot of the reason that companies are so keen and Mm. see you know return on that investment data is infinitely valuable isn't it Mm. so um so there's a a clear business case for cost reduction and benefit of data but Mm. we just need to get closer to those conversations and again, I just think that my call to action is helping your company with a target experience that yeah. if you're not involved in that conversation, at least the organization understands what we're trying to get to <laughs> for customers yeah. and employees and being able to question, well, does that fit with that? Does that help us to get there? And mm. that's absent in 99% of CX teams. Yeah. But anyway. I'll get off my little high horse. So, <laughs> Let's see uh, what next year. yeah. So that's so that's your prediction. Then you think vendors are going to be more interested in community and responding to community? Well, I think it's probably a wish list rather than a prediction. Wish. Okay. So, uh, so it's. Really Do you have any predictions? Prediction. Not necessarily on the vendor stuff, but like any yeah. any kind of like future predictions. So it's that I, time I, of year, isn't it? It's <laughs> that time of year. I do think that there will be further investigation into AI. I do. That's a very, it's a very hot topic for lots of organisations. So I think they'll, they'll, they'll try and find out how it can help because it's the shiny thing. Um, and I certainly from conversations I've been having, the idea of empathy and what empathy is, is increasing slowly but surely. So I think that that, that is that that could be an accurate prediction of empathy happening more however whatever however that's manifest um yeah I think that's that's all I've got Mm. for now it's really it I guess I am so responsive to the things that I'm hearing that excite me I'm just biased by picking Mm. out the things that I wish for rather Mm. than the things that could (laughs) practically practically happen let's be honest yeah I don't think I've been asked to quite a couple of uh, media partners like what my predictions are are well so I've been thinking about it but I think the one for me around AI is that I think the value is already being perceived to be greater on the agent side so empowering agents with generative AI than it is to try to bring generative AI directly to the customer and the responses yeah. in there. Yeah. I'm just so, I, so I think um, we're going to see a greater impact from generative AI that's positive mm. in agent support for customer yeah. service rather than front end um, interaction. And I suppose, yeah, my wish list, I've said it like a million times, <laughs> is, um, is that rather than, 
technology or software being so sales driven in terms of getting clients to buy it that vendors would invest more in onboarding and customer success to ensure that they're aware of some of these factors like CX design or target experience vision creation yeah that helps their clients to leverage the maximum value out of doing any of these things and great um and whether that's on the employee or the customer side that they're going to get on board with the movement for human-centered business (laughs) believe it you i think it's that's more of the wish than it is the uh the prediction the, but the audacious anyway. the audacious ambition <laughs> i know i know people listening can't see this there it is i've got it written all over my back audacious as well as on there yeah, yeah the merchandise yeah. shop is now open <laughs> <laughs> authentic inclusive collaborative audacious authentic that's uh, leave it yeah that's here we are um so with all that in mind what do you think our listeners should be focusing on in the here and now then um in order to meet the challenges ahead yeah so I think something that came out from the conference actually uh, the WITS conference in October is to stand firm Mm -hmm. is to stand firm in what they believe is the right solution for the organization and to have realistic expectations on how quickly people can come round to the right way of thinking about customer experience I do think that there is more I I just believe that there will be more opportunity for customer experience people to influence when they gain more confidence and the stuff that you're doing, especially in the, in the CX space for women, and, and also as the community grows, is to give people the confidence to do that. It really feels like the perfect storm for people to stand in that space and to keep banging the drum, tell the story in a different way, use different techniques to get people just to understand what it is and what it can do. Mm. So I guess it's, I think it's believing in yourself and having confidence and, and reaching out to others to keep that confidence topped mm. up because it's a hard gig. Yeah, I agree with you. I think confidence in this, particularly for women, is a critical um, capability, would you say, or skill to build? Is confidence a skill? I'm not sure. Um, but for me, it's coupled with probably not the right word what what would you say the right word for that is what um, is confidence I, I think it's <laughs> I, I think it is a characteristic I and I think it might be a skill actually I think well, it's something might that be can change that you can learn, learn. yeah yeah for yeah, sure and can be improved um but I think for for me that goes hand in hand with like organizational understanding environmental radar um, impact and influence and I guess my wish for 2024 for CX professional professionals people who do CX yeah is just to come back to reality and think more about how do we deliver value here and now 
So less focus on big long-term strategic transformation and more focus on what are the biggest problems that we can solve for our customers and our business and our employees now and deliver impact within the next 12 months Um, or even like shorter term than that. How do we go after and um, fix or add to innovation that's already going to be invested in within the business? So rather than trying to take on a business case for CX, on its own in isolation we're mm. just going how can we apply what we can what we do to projects mm. that are already funded to ensure that there's a a bigger impact and how do we ensure that the projects that the business is going after are ones that actually solve or create more value for the humans within the organizations so just to build on that because actually this is something i've been talking about for probably a couple of years now but it we went out of my mind when you asked me the question sorry um it's no no it no no it's it you just popped out the financial literacy acumen the, yeah. the acumen the business mm. acumen of mm. understanding profit and loss balance sheets how money works in the organization now, I, I don't necessarily, I think it's an important thing. I don't know how many customer experience people, how many people who work in this space have conversations with their financial department or their financial director or whoever it might be. But to when they get into a new role, or even if they are talking about the, the, the approved budgets, it's getting that lexicon getting that language being able to start speaking in that language so it is to your point how does the skill that I've got and my team got how can we help to achieve the business strategy and let's pick off some things that will be I don't like the word quick wins but will give immediate kudos to CX so it's going where the issues are and where things that are important to the board if you can Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to build on that. <laughs> so so for, for me, I think like CX metrics is part of the problem. So CX teams focusing on things like satisfaction, yeah. um, NPS, sometimes that being the key metric that they're getting measured or bonused against and the organization's being bonused against, rather than understanding actually there's a, a suite of metrics and those CX ones are often just an outcome metric. That's it. So um, so when we're working on these opportunities, how do we ensure that we're measuring impact, not just on customer, mm. but on the financial metrics as well, operational efficiency, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the good news is, Sandra, I know that I announced it at a conference, but we are building the Wix Practical Magic courses for our community in 2024. And it's basically got three modules to it with sub modules within them one is absolutely about me and how to build confidence and resilience as an individual one is about what are the future fundamentals of customer experience so not trying to replace what exists already because there's loads of courses on cx but what are the future capabilities we need to understand Um, and then thirdly is this how do i navigate the organization to implement this that commercial awareness that business acumen that um ability to engage and influence stakeholders because they're the bits that are missing right not mm-hmm. the, the cx course like skills of like how to do a journey map like everybody yeah. who's been in cx for a while has those skills but yeah. actually 
how do we do the parts around it that mean we're going to be successful um and also in 2024 i'm going to be launching finally <gasps> drum roll yeah women in cx certified cx designer course so i'm going Woo! to be teaching uh women my methodology and enabling them to get certified on how to apply uh, themselves in customer experience design in 2024 too so there it is ladies and gentlemen sign yourself <laughs> up <laughs> so shameless little plug for women in cx there but Do it is it. our podcast so we're on no up. it's good and <laughs> brilliant 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 um, so I've only got two questions left and I suppose in this you know, conversation we've talked a lot about predictions for 2024 what's on the horizon for Sandra Thompson what's your predictions for yourself in 2024 <laughs> what are you going to be up to <laughs> so um, more employee experience um, more highly emotive sensory training I'm loving that and when I, I get so much out of it and it seems that participants do as well and I'm working on something that probably is going to take me a year to do but it's going to be a book in, ah! the, in the employee <laughs> experience space but with a twist that I can't reveal yet oh but I'm like it's bringing all of the things that I'm interested in together with a bunch of stuff that I know is effective in employee experience so that's in my spare time Claire I'm going to be yeah. writing a book yeah uh, I've been talking well, about it for years and and I've never got around to it I even spoke to Matt about it Matt Watkinson and he's like right great tell me when you got to this bit and I'm like oh I've changed the idea now to something else but now but I think I'm settled on the employee experience with a twist yeah, but knowing Matt, I'm sure he would have said, start with structure, Chandra. Yeah. <laughs> Show you the structure. <laughs> That's right. He absolutely yeah. did. Yeah. So and having, I'm excited. Having written a book myself and never published it, it, I know how much work it is, especially if you're doing your spare time, but best of luck with that. Thank I'm sure you. it's going to be incredible. Um, And yeah, final question. What one piece of advice or a top takeaway would you like to leave the Women in CX audience with today? I think that, oh, crikey. Uh, so I'm actually going to put my emotional intelligence hat back on for a second. And I'm going to invite you to really take a moment every day, if you can, just to be still, because I have, in the last six months, I have consciously escaped and being still with no distractions whatsoever and I come back to myself and that's when I realize I can make better decisions and I know it's really obvious and I know people talk about it a lot but just please just put even half an hour in your diary once a week just to be quiet to come back to yourself because it really does help you think clearly it really helps you to be grounded and it really does help you to recharge. If if that works for you, then just give it a go. If it doesn't work for you because you end up filling your brain with all sorts of other stuff, don't do it anymore. But please give that a go. And practically, how would we do that? Like what, what, what? practically you turn everything <laughs> off and you'd probably go for a walk. You'd okay. probably go for a walk. Mindful get walk. away from your desk. Mm -hmm. A mindful walk. Get away from your desk leave your phone if you dare uh, at your house or in your office and just breathe deeply 
Yeah, uh, I can second that. Um, I keep leaving my phone at home when I go to see Buster. So I just get to enjoy him and go out and be in nature with him. Well, you're more and present. It just feels like a, t- a total rest like, and not having notifications, even if it's just for like a day of the week. Yeah. Like switching everything off. Yeah. It feels like a week's holiday by just not being reactive to digital especially (laughs) no that's it and you know I think our nervous systems have taken enough of a battering if you can make that a routine then you make it a habit then I I really do think that you will feel like you are getting some clarity and you're making that choice to do it yeah but half an hour walking nature with your phone at home sounds like a perfect piece of advice for our audience so I'd just like to thank you for being on the inspiring women in CX podcast for the second time thank you let's thank you for all you bring to the community um your workshops every year at conference can't wait for 2024 what you're going to come up with for that one (laughs) and just like to thank everybody who's listened or watched along wherever you are today and yeah yeah thank you 2024 is gonna be exciting (laughs) all right thanks everybody see you next time thanks Bye. bye thanks for listening to the inspiring women in cx podcast with me claire musket if you enjoyed this episode and you don't already please 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 do drop us a like and subscribe to our channel the bigger the following the bigger the impact we can create on our mission to amplify the voices of women working in cx and technology Well, that's it for now. Join us again next time where I'll be talking to the one and only Diane Majors about why CX is failing today and what we need to do about it. See you all real soon.